Welcome, everybody, to the Four Tales podcast. I am your host, Kyron Silva, along with my spectacularly bald host, or co-host, I should say. Yeah, you're looking good with your... I, I tried to match you. I, I cut my hair, so I was trying you to match you. I finally got a haircut, man. I was going to say that, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for getting a haircut. See, now I launched... your viewership is going to go up. Lady love that nice haircut, right? Now, I watched our last episode with Michael Watson, who is killing it on his hotshot campaign, and I realized my hair was crazy looking. I looked like a Mr. Glass from the Unbreakable series. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I got to do something. So uh, I asked my barber, who's been my barber for 15 years now, and I said, cut me up, and she did a good job. So, Is she the one who gave you the rat tail? Did she? No, man, not, no. That's... That's some, that's some, that was somebody that was previous. That was my mom's, all right? That was okay. my mom's. For, for anybody that's asking, I asked, I uh, showed Danny and our, our guest today a video from me from 1991 with my uh, mini afro, flat top, whatever you want to call it, mushroom. I don't know what it was called back then. And my rat tail that went all the way down to my butt. Um, and it's it's cringy. But it's cute and it's part of my life and I loved it. You know, right. I had that thing. I sported that every day from elementary school all the way through up to high school when I realized I was going to get bullied and picked on. So I said, Mom, cut it and I cut it. And I haven't thought about it since. Till today. Till today, yeah. <laughs> but we're not here. Back, you want me to bring the rat tail back? Yeah, I mean, that's the only place that I can actually grow hairs back here in the back. Oh, okay. So if all you right. do it, I'll do it. <laughs> Um, you gonna pay me? No, not doing that. Okay, then no, 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 no. We're not bringing that back at all. <laughs> Unless I'm getting paid, I'm not bringing that thing back. You know how many? You know that's that's. No, I'm not gonna go into that's a whole nother podcast. That's not what we're here for. What we are here for are comic books, indie comic books, and self-publishing comic books. Which I think now that's what I'm gonna start calling myself and you know, people in our level, self-publishers. I'm not going to call myself indie anymore. Because I, I realize, you know, maybe indie should just be for anybody that's not Marvel, but it's going through Diamond. IDW, Dark Horse, and even people like Second Sight Publishing who are now going through Diamond. But mm-hmm. people like myself and you, Danny, I think we should start just calling ourselves self-publishers. And that will, that will break that barrier that people are trying to get confused on what's indie and what's not anymore. I don't know, maybe just me. I was just thinking about that the other day. I like it. All right. But before we get too far into things with our, our amazing guest today, we do have some, some poll results from last week. Uh, Danny created a great poll if you're watching the Loki series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, he had a question, is this version of Loki, the Tom Hiddleston, is that how you say his name? Hiddleston, right. Yeah. Is this version of Loki going to survive the entire series or the entire season? Um, we had a poor result of 62% of people saying yes, 37% saying no. So, you know, there's some people out there that maybe agree with you that he might not last the entire season, yeah, which I, I think I'm all right with that. If, as long as they keep bringing a Loki, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think this new Loki, um, spoiler alerts for anybody who hasn't seen it, but I think this new variant, this Enchantress, 
I think it's, mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to, you know, meld Loki and Enchantress for this character. And um, I think she's going to be taken over. I think yeah. Loki's going to die. Or I think Loki's going to really die. We've seen Loki die several times now. So Loki's going to actually die. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think he's going to actually die. Or the, the Loki yeah. that we're most familiar with. And, uh, you know, Enchantress is going to take over. Right. I just want to see Marvel go full North Norse mythology and have him turn into a horse and then he has a baby. No, no I, I no. want, I want to see that. No, honestly. we're not. No, we're not going to go that far. We're no. not. Disney's not going to do that. <laughs> Doesn't Disney own animal kingdom, animal planet, something like that. National Ge- discovery channel. The, yeah. Something, the, yeah. The, National the National Jeopardy. Okay. Yeah. There you go. It's all part of the world. It's all mm-hmm. national. Yeah. It's all geographic. No. Mm-hmm. Am I going too far on that? Too far, too too uh, too na- uh, not enough national, too much graphic. <laughs> that that's good. That was, uh, that was really good. All right, all right. Well, all right, since I've gone too far again with uh, my description on things, let's go ahead and talk about our guest. Um, actually, you know, before we do, I because I, I have a better segue in this. What comics did you read this week? Oh, um, so I actually read. On the toilet. By the on the way. toilet. There you go. I started reading uh, this Monarchs comic, Zoom and Boom. Uh, I found this guy yeah. on TikTok. He's uh, he's it's really great. The art in it is really great. It's more got like a manga style, as you can mm-hmm. see. Um, okay. But you do read it front to back. It's a, it's a, it's like a, a fighters tournament, and uh, you know, it starts off pretty good. I, I didn't get all the way through it uh, yet, but I, I definitely gonna finish it. And um, I got Sebastian Jones's. Uh, Christmas ruining Christmas book somewhere. I thought I had it over here, but um, that ruining Christmas book came in that we did that he did on Kickstarter in December, and uh, mm. it's it's really naughty. It's one of those naughty, <laughs> naughty books. Like, uh, but uh, it was pretty actually naughty or just graphic naughty, like uh, more naughty than I would like to you know show my kids. So uh, <laughs> but it, right. it's, uh, right. you know, it was entertaining. It was entertaining. It was a short little preview but um it was it was worth the read okay what about you um i was actually very heavy in my reading this week um and i'm gonna bring up a book that i was going to mention last week when we didn't get to record because of circumstances which i'm not gonna go into Uh, um but it's a little bit of old school and and a little bit of new school so i'm gonna go in order from timeline wise so first thing i read was uh X-Men Days of Future Past, nice. which was actually something I've, it's been on my read list for a while. Um, I got the, got the trade, I guess you can say, um, which even though the actual Days of Future Past was only two or three issues, this trade is like six issues worth of story. And I have no idea why they added the extra four issues in here, but really good. Um, I then read... And I, I said, this is a heavy book for me, a heavy week for me. I read Creech, which is a Greg Capullo self-independent book from the 90s. Uh, story about this scientist who is reanimating soldiers and turning them into super soldiers. Uh, really sci-fi stuff. <laughs> then I read Ash, which was from uh, Joe Quesada, also a 90s book mm-hmm. about a firefighter who gets superpowers. Made no sense, but it was totally cool. 
I like oh, the, the story was like, okay, he's burnt up and he gets superpowers. Don't know why, but he got superpowers because he got burnt up. From the flames. Yeah, and it was supernatural. Maybe I need to read more than issue one, but it was it was it was totally 90s. Uh Joe Quesada's artwork is amazing and uh really cool. And you then last thing I read you superpowers, you didn't know that? No, I'm not gonna try that either, which we don't recommend mm-hmm. on this podcast to try to burn yourself for superpowers, get bitten by radioactive spiders, um, you know, anything like that. Have your parents killed in an alleyway, that. nothing. <laughs> And the last thing I read was self-publisher uh, Evan Burgoon's Tiny Wizards, um, which is about a group of literally tiny wizards from another dimension that come to our dimension and take over a fast food restaurant. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was, it was a crazy read. Um, it was fun, though. Um, and I, Evan Burgoon is a local creator from Sacramento, which I don't know why. There are a lot of great creators in Sacramento. Um, we have a lot of There's artistic people here. There's a couple of them that are, that are decent. Uh, oh, do not disrespect <laughs> Ron Lim like that, okay? <laughs> I love the Lim family. I've had, had lunch with them before. Don't disrespect them. Or Sam Keith, local Sacramento creator, Sam Keith of the Max. Don't be disrespecting him. Or Robert Love, who is going to be on our show from uh, in October. Oh, I see. So this book. is just a Sacramento common creator show now. I get it. All right. No, it I, is. I didn't it understand is. that start, but I get it. It now. is. And it. Uh, that's going to lead us to our guest today. Another Sacramento creator, or as he likes to be called, a Sacramento comicer. He is a comicer of almost 15 years of experience making comic books and web comics. Artist, writer, and co-creator of Evan 07. Uh, he's an artist, writer, and creator of the amazing Lon Jong webcomic, which is one of my favorite books right now. Um, he is a co-creator of the upcoming book, Yak Force, from Taurus Comics. He is the co-host of a podcast for all intents and purposes. He is a sidekick for the yearly podcast, Con Artist. He is Dan Bethel. Dan Bethel, ladies and gentlemen. Is there <laughs> anything you don't do, sir? Sleep. <laughs> But uh, mission, he's also a college professor throughout yeah. all this and a dog wow. lover. I know. I, I found a lot about this guy. I own a dog. I don't know. I don't want to use like weird language here. I just, I love my dog, <laughs> but dog lover. I want to. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> I got a little worried. You said you had a lot of heavy reading this week and knowing that you guys, you, when you talk about what you're reading this week, you talk about what you read on the toilet. I didn't know where you're going to go with heavy reading. <laughs> I was so I'm glad it was just a lot of comic books and not something else. Yeah, put more fiber in your diet. There we go. Be more I, regular. I it's the diet I have. I'm trying to lose weight. It says don't eat as much fiber. So, oh, so there you go. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, no, it's great to be you. here. <laughs> thanks for having us on, or thanks for being here. Yeah, no problem. You get, I'm glad you could make it. And uh, so I got some questions for you. <laughs> oh, God. All right. What's your question? <laughs> uh, so what are we doing? <laughs> we are talking about you and your your book long john which like i said long john i've been reading for six years now right it's been six years i started reading issue one and it's one of my favorite books and i say that wholeheartedly um and it's a western about a cowboy who wakes up in the middle of the desert and has everything taken from him outside of his long johns his underwears 
Right. And he has to go out and figure out what happened to him and his group. Um, and it, it's an amazing book. I feel like it. And I don't read Westerns normally. I'm not a huge Western fan. Um, I'm not a Western fan at all, honestly. Um, but from the moment I read your book, I was like, this is dope. It, it, the, the combination of the storytelling along with the animation style artwork that you have is such a great combination. And I, I just thoroughly enjoy it. Well, thank you so much. I, I do say that it's a West, it's a Western in setting only because I'm not, don't tell anybody, I'm not like the, a huge Western fan. It's just that. What? <laughs> well, the thing is like, I'm not like a, 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 like a, a huge fan of Westerns. I like Westerns, um, specifically a certain strain of them. I like the Clint Eastwood, like spaghetti Western style, everything from Fistful of Dollars. And even though he wasn't involved, but things like Django Unchained uh i i i love that movie. i saw it three times in the theater um <clears throat> it was amazing it was great <laughs> but i love well, also uh, who's your favorite character though that's the yeah your character with uh leonardo dicaprio we have uh, some issues here <laughs> i like candy though his, i like candy his uh, his performance was amazing i'll give you that um but i i also but the, the westerns i like are kind of the ones that are, are a little weird um i like of the Clint Eastwood oeuvre, there's High Plains Drifter, which is like this weird kind of almost ghost story that actually was filmed in the place where my comic takes place. Um, but also like there's the, the Johnny Depp movie, uh, Dead Man, which is super weird. Um, that's really, really good. And um, I like this I almost like the, the slow kind of the slow burn Westerns of like the assassination of Jesse James and like the stuff that we really get a sense of the scale and scope that really creates more of a mood than anything and, and less about specific plot lines. I like the tone. And honestly, I kind of came through to Westerns through two different directions. I was a big fan of like the, the Akira Kurosawa samurai films. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like Yojim- Yojimbo is my favorite movie of all time, but also the modern Western, which I are actually, I would argue are actually post-apocalyptic movies like Mad Max and, and stuff like that. Realizing that those all come well, come from the same source of this the genre called westerns and realizing that california has a rich sort of history of the old west um got me interested in the genre that i wasn't really exposed to a whole lot when i was a kid so mm-hmm. i kind of came to westerns <clears throat> in a roundabout way and i say that long john isn't a western so much as it's just the story that takes place in the old west and and like you said karen it's like um i get a lot of comments from people saying i don't like westerns but i like the story i'm like what's well, because i'm not trying to tell a not trying to fit a mold i'm just telling the story of this character that just happens to take place at this time at this place i like that uh, fun yeah. fact i just learned today that ojimbo was uh remade into a fistful of dollars apparently yep yep and also remade so. again into the bruce willis movie oh goodness now i forgot it yep no no it was it was it was like he was like a gangster movie um oh, oh gosh I think I know trend. I can look it up. Give me a second. This is important. <laughs> it's important. We have to find this information. I think I've we seen that to. one too. Actually, hold on. Everybody's checking furiously. Um, it, it Last Man Standing? Yep, that's exactly yeah. right. Rykuder oh, soundtrack, super good. Um, but yeah. Fun fact, um, also, it's been turned into fa- uh, Fast and Furious Tinge. You yep. say I haven't known that yet. Right. At this point, <laughs> they're just remaking old movies. 
Fast and Furious 11 is just family goes to westerns. <laughs> <laughs> they got to race wagons. They go back yeah. in time and race wagons. Flipping wagons overhead over foot. <laughs> and the wagons in space now, I guess? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely going to see it, though. So it doesn't care. <laughs> Fair enough. That is one film franchise that has just gone, jumped the shark like multiple times. <laughs> Keep jumping it. Um, I love. I see. That's that's surprising to me to hear because um um Kyron is Kyron, like Kyron say he's been reading uh, Long John for six years, but I just got into it probably six days ago. <laughs> um, and I really I really love the introduction. I love um you know the main character waking up in the middle of nowhere, and then the, the as the reader, you know, I have to figure out what's going on with him. You know, right. um, so I think that's great. And as a as a fan of westerns, you know, me and my wife we watch westerns all the time. I was just watching The Rifleman today. Um, I love, I just love Western stories and uh, how the um, underdog has to, has to fight against the elements or the, um, you know, the establishment or the income establishment. Right. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. This is one that I will ask Kyron not to spoil for me <laughs> uh, because I'm, I'm super interested in, in reading it. Well, that's actually a spoiler. You are. Yeah. <laughs> now you, you spoil stuff too, Kyron. I, I get the, I get the label, but you're just as bad as I am. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, to, to hear that, that you specifically don't want to be spoiled is quite an honor. So I hope you enjoy the ride. Just, you know, everybody dies at the end. That's true. Of course. All right. <laughs> the very next page that you're going to read, it's when everybody dies. It's, yeah. Like, what page are you on? Seven? Yeah. Eight. Yeah. Everybody dies. Then it becomes a sci fi. It's going to be real wild. <laughs> well, okay. Let's talk about endings then, because I've, right. I, during my research, uh, and it was hard to find information on you that I didn't already know. Um, um, but I found a lot of other podcasts and um, shows that you've been on where you have said that you have in your mind about 150 pages worth of story for your book. Right. But then you also mentioned another place that you think you're going to bring this out to about six or seven books altogether, right. which was another podcast. So what is it? Is this going to be a finite series? Is this an ongoing series? What exactly is going on with uh, Long John? It is a, a finite book. It's a single story that I'm telling. Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, yeah, so, and I'm sticking to 150 pages. So book seven is only going to be about three or four pages. No, uh, <laughs> no, it's, a, it's the, the thing is with the way I write is that the pages can fluctuate, but it's working out to basically be about 30 to 35 pages a book. Um, so the math there it's going to be about 60 more pages after book five is is done so uh but it is a finite work there's i do if if i want to come back to it depending on kind of how well it does or whatever and if i feel the need to come back i do have a sequel in mind kind of a sequel um but uh we could maybe uh talk about that later if you want but it's 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 not really <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> Again, flipping horses end over end, <clears throat> jumping off a horses, jumping off the cliffs and grabbing helicopters. It's going to be wild. Um, okay. But but yeah, it, it, because I want to. Um, when I when I got into uh, making comics, um, our first comic, Ebeno Seven, was an ongoing story. Although we did have, if we wanted to end it further down the line, we had kind of a, an end game. Uh, idea but we never got that far um but this one i i know i want to tell a bunch of different stories and so i'm like i I don't really have an idea for an ongoing series really i just want to especially considering i make comics so slowly 
Um, you are I, very slow. I, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, I, uh, I, I realize I need to come up with stories that, that have beginnings, middles and ends and, and not commit, overcommit myself or else I'm never going to get anything else done. <laughs> right. No, you started Long John as a webcomic, um, along with Evan yeah. on 7 was also a webcomic. Is that mm-hmm. something that you just feel more comfortable with in that format? Or is that just more ease, easier for you to use instead of just printing everything out? Right. Um, yeah, it, it's, I'm still a webcomic mostly because of habit at this point. We made Evan on 7 specifically to be a webcomic. And uh, for, in terms of even page formatting, we weren't formatting for print at all. So when we did our first book, it was a, a problem. But uh, mostly just cutting and pasting panels and moving stuff around. It was a mess. Yeah, but, I did that um, with uh, Shaman's Destiny on, on uh, Webtoons. Mm. And I was trying to convert that. And I, initially, I was stupid. I was like, I'm just going to put page one yeah. onto here. No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> and so formatting it from a webcomic to a, a comic is a whole art on its own. Right. Yeah, and once we've tried it with Ace Blade and I put yeah. four pages in. So <laughs> yeah, it's no fun. It's no fun cutting up pages and moving stuff around. Mm. But uh, I'm actually glad you brought up web, webtoons because even though I'll, technically I'm still a webcomic first, all the pages, pretty much all the pages go up onto the website um, as well as go into book form. But um, I, I admit it. I, I admit that I am actually an old, I'm doing an old form of webcomics, a, a form that kind of died out in 2015, 2016. So back in the early days of webcomics in the 2000s and early 2010s, it was webcomics were an ad-based, website-based kind of mm-hmm. okay. format. So you have your website and you got your Google ads or whatever on the sides and you made money by people staying on your website. Click to the next wait, page. Wait, read this wait, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. People make money off of comics? They, yeah. Webcomics web, for a while. Yeah. People were making good money off of webcomics. <clears throat> but around uh, 2014, 2015, the model changed because website uh sorry browsers became came installed with ad blockers and so they couldn't make money and so the modern webcomic model is like the webtoons model where you make revenue you're sharing revenue with with the host like webtoons or whatever or you're doing patreon and or you're doing patreon and or you're doing kickstarter and i haven't made that transition because i know i can't commit because of my day job basically i i i know i put out i put stuff out slowly and I work slowly. So I'm like, I'm not going to try to commit to a monthly Patreon or something like that because I can't guarantee if I got 150 papers, I need to grade these next two weeks. I can't put anything up on Patreon. So <clears throat> it's a webcomic in, in name only. I am writing and drawing for print. It's just, um, I keep that website out of nostalgia and because I, I, I like being a webcomic as well. So it's, uh, it's a webcomic in the sense that I put stuff on the web, but I'm not really following a specific modern business model at all. I think it's a um I think it's a good idea. I was I started reading on the on the um on the website mm-hmm. and um like I but I prefer print. I yeah. clearly prefer print comics having them in my hand. Um so as a matter of fact I'm gonna order the I'm gonna order the rest of the books right now as a matter of fact. Do it do it now do it do it just do it <laughs> okay well, while he's doing that, let me ask you something because you were mentioning that you're going to have possibly sequels. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing a prequel? Um, and Danny, it's a little bit of a spoiler, but uh, a prequel involving all the other Johns, you know, Juan John, Johnny Mono, along with Long John, and just see where they started to where we found them at the end. 
You're right. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's funny because like the original story idea I had was the story I'm telling, or it's it's we wake up and we just hear about the kind of cool guys they were. And then I'm like, this might be too hard. And so I was like, what if I just do like a episodic stories based around the Johns? Um and and I mean it, it could be more, you know, it's more it's more just action adventure kind of goofy stuff. Um but then like that's not the that's not the kind of comic I want to make. And so I probably wouldn't if I were to do something like that, maybe I would fund an anthology where I'd maybe bring on different artists to illustrate those types of stories. But um, I'm willing to do of, a Johnny I Mono. I can't, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head really right now to ask, but, to, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I don't think I would just because it is, um, or if I did, like I said, it'd just be a one-off thing. But yeah, those, like you said, those stories aren't, that's where you fall into more traditional Western mold. And like, that's not the, you know, those have been better. That has been done differently and better in multiple ways. And so I'm like, ah, I just want to keep moving forward and find, like I said, if I do come back with like a sequel or something like that, I want it to be another kind of off kilter, different style of Western kind of like what I'm trying to do with long John. I'll keep you in mind if I do that anthology. (laughs) And Danny, I have, I am not holding my breath on that now. <laughs> now, along with Long John, um, the story also involves another character who I, I thoroughly enjoy, um, Hellrider Jackie. Um, and Jackie. she has this creepy vibe to her. Uh, when you see her, she's you know wearing a skull or mm-hmm. just wearing all black. Yeah. Um, where did she come here. up? Yeah, yeah. She's just just dark and just scary. But where did she come up? And we decided I'm gonna make this story, but involving her. Like, how did she come about? Um, without spoiling anything oh no no um she uh a version of her has existed since high school uh for me when a friend of mine and (laughs) this is gonna sound real weird but okay so jack in the box right uh they used to sell toys that were like jack riding or using different vehicles and so i have somewhere one second i know it's an audio podcast but it's an audio podcast, but if you want to, you can subscribe to our Patreon and see the video of all this right now. <laughs> so we got we got Jack on a motorcycle here, this old toy, and uh, we were we were just kind of hanging out, my friend and I, my friend Josh and I, and <laughs> just being bored. And so we're going like, here comes Hellrider Jack, and and uh, like almost like a Ghost Rider kind of thing, but no story kind of thing. And I love that name, and. Uh, that character has popped up in a bunch of different failed, you know, projects that I've done over the years. Like my, my friend, Josh and I were going to make a video game. So there's a Hellrider Jack character and he was going to be mysterious and, and had a skull mask and stuff like that. And then finally, when I got around to long John, I'm like, what about Hellrider Jackie? And, um, try to find a way to work her into the story. But yeah, it's, 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 it's like the most, it's like the ultimate inside joke for me and one other person. But that's honestly where the character came from. But once I started weaving her into the story and figuring out how she is part of the overall tale, um, she became inseparable from Long John itself. So Hellrider Jackie is a goth, gender bent Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box. Yep. I love it. We don't have Jack in the Box out here. So. Uh, I never okay. had a chance. You're not missing it. much. No, oh, okay. you, you are missing a lot. You need to go find a Jack in the Box, get the bacon ultimate cheeseburger, and devour that. 
Hey, if I'm ever out there, I'll, that's one place I'll definitely go. There's a Jack in the Box um, down the street from me that we're pretty sure is a front for some sort of money laundering. Oh yeah, they like, all are. It's it's so like well kept, and it's like it's it looks it's always looks new, even though it's been there for 20 years. But mm-hmm. there's never any cars outside of it. So I'm like, I don't. There's something going on, right? It's like the car wash from a Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious, hilarious. Um, I I have um, I I I just love I just love the idea of Long John. Um, it starts off very similar to Ace Blade, in that you know there's a man who wakes up. Um, well, in Ace Blade's case, he's been shot four times, but you know. You don't know what's going on with them. And um, I just love the idea of, uh, you know, uh, kind of the mystery of what happened to this guy. And um, I mm-hmm. think that's a great place to start a story. Right. Um, Kyron said earlier that you are a professor and mm-hmm. I, I, I've learned that you that you teach English. How does how does that, um, you know, help or hurt you as a writer? Um, that's a good question. Um because most most people ask like how, how do they you know how do you use comics in class or how do you use your class in comics and like I don't but like how it influences me as a writer what it gets me to think about more than anything else is structure and intent so <clears throat> with my previous comic and like a lot of people's first comics they're just kind of writing as they go uh, mm-hmm. they just want to see what's what's cool right I think Kyron talking to you that's kind of how you wrote Shaman's Destiny right you're just like let's just see where this goes yeah but um having plot intersect with theme at least the theme as i see it whatever people get out of long john is is up to them i'm not going to tell you what to think but like um seeing how ideas fit in fit together so that we can actually i can actually be saying what i'm trying to say from the beginning of the comic by the end and realizing that i can have plot points that are also big character moments and and not have it not trying to force one into the other i have to sacrifice one for the other and and because that's when i because what the english i teach i don't teach literature or anything like that i teach you know composition classes the basic writing classes that everybody has to take and it's always it always the same the, the, the mantra i say in every class is that every piece of writing whether it's an essay a poem a song a speech comes down to you answering two questions what do you think and why do you think it Tell me why. Show me how. And yeah, that's 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 an argument. That's a that's a thesis statement. But it's also storytelling. It's why is you know your character is cool, but also why is your character cool? Right? Don't just show me. Uh, don't just show me by having cool poses and dynamic scenes. Let other people bounce off of them put them in situations where they can be cool or, or struggle. And so they can actually be cool out of that situation. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of thinking about overthinking, honestly, structure uh, and page design specifically. Each page for me is like a, is like a paragraph in an essay and like, how, what do we have to say on this page so that we can get to the next page and have that make sense. So that's kind of how <clears throat> that informs it. I love that. That's um, I think that, Right there, what you just said took me five years of my writing journey to learn. And as soon as I learned it, it took my, you know, my writing to another level. I, you know, now I put theme in everything that I write. If if it doesn't have a a purpose, then there's no point in in writing it to me. Um, 
So I, I, I love that, that that's something that you uh, keep in mind. And um, I can't wait to see, uh, I'm going to read all your stuff, man. To be honest with you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this is going to be cool, man. I, I, I've enjoyed uh, hearing you and uh, writers, writers get a bad rap, you know, especially in comics because pe- everybody thinks they can do it. Right. Um, and you are, you seem to be, uh, you, you, you've, you've studied and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Iron, you're you're a good writer. Stop it. Uh, no, no, no. I was just thinking. Uh, um, and this is way tangent wise, but yeah. I just remember I, I had one more book that I read this week. Okay. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I read uh, Robert Kirkman's Tech Jacket, Volume One. Oh. Tech Jacket. Okay. I, I, I don't know why that just popped in my head, but right. I was just like, Robert is, a, is a great writer. He, he's a, yeah, he is. That's why I remembered that. I was like, oh yeah, great writer, Robert Kirkman. Oh yeah, Robert Kirkman, <laughs> Tech Jacket. I just read that. That's another four or five issue book that I just read this week for some reason. So you're saying while we were talking, Danny and I were talking, you were thinking, basically thinking about the toilet. I didn't oh, have to go to the bathroom yet. What is it with you? What is it with you and this toilet uh, affinity you have? It's my safe space, all right? It's my safe space. It's the only place I get freedom from everything. Right. Oh, you get freedom on the toilet? Because I have are, locks my on my toilet. <laughs> my this is dad's toilet. This is dad's <laughs> toilet. Stay away. If you want to use it, put a quarter yeah. in that thing. <laughs> right, sorry, oh, that man. was, I'm sorry. I, I just no, totally no. broke a uh, train of thought there. Well, uh, Danny, you brought up, you know, so we're talking about writing, right? And like, one of the things I say is like, because I'm, you know, I'm a writer artist, or as Kyron pointed out, I'm a comiker. Um, because I, I, I'm like, what's one word that can describe what, what I do? Um, and it's, it's awkward to say, but like, the joke is, especially during Evan 07, when, because um, when I started Evan 07, I actually kind of stopped drawing for seven years. Mm. And, um, I was not really confident as an artist, but I throughout my entire life, I've been a writer. And so the joke I've always said is that I'm a writer who draws, not an mm-hmm. artist who writes. And I do think that balance is probably still accurate. I'm probably more, I have more of a brain of a writer uh, than an artist. But um, uh, so that's why I think too hard about, or I think a lot about writing um, and why it's, it's the forefront of, of, of what I do in terms of overthinking, getting pages done. I really care about that, that structure and composition more than I care about the art in a lot of ways. Well, it's funny man, that you mentioned like you. I'm gonna be like you when I grow up, man. I'm nope. just at the end of that seven years that because mm-hmm. like, I quit drawing mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm not a good artist. I refuse <laughs> to, to put this stuff on a page, but right. now I'm starting to um, open back up to it. So you can do it. Thank man. you. No Thank problem. you. I appreciate that. Hey, if you want to start drawing stuff, send it my way. Send it Kyron's way. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll give you all the encouragement Kyron's, you need. Kyron's a terrible critic. This dude. Okay. He's a great artist, and I I can't. I would not no. be able to accept bad criticism from Kyron. <laughs> he's like, he is no, okay. Wait, I am very insightful when it comes to criticizing other people's work. I don't do it to demean you or to put you down. I only try to give you constructive criticism. I will tell you what's bad, but also tell you what you did good. Now, my own stuff, I only see the flaws in everything I draw. Everything <laughs> I've drawn, I'm like, I don't like that, that, or that. Everybody else's stuff, I will show you what you did great and right. what you can improve upon. And that's mm-hmm. just how I am. We'll test it out and see then. We'll test it out. Then in my way. You got my, you have my email, Facebook, 
text message. <laughs> you have oh, no every form of communication. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, you can message me every way possible. This you know which windows my bedroom window. Yeah. And and now uh Dan finally accepted me on Facebook. So uh you know <laughs> I can send stuff his way too. I'm just here to steal all your friends, Karen. <laughs> well I only I only have I'm, um like a couple more after Danny at this point. There's only, nice. there's only four of us. There's only four of us in the group. Yeah, and you know, two or three of those left with Big Tree Comics, so I'm a little, a little shortchanged at this point. Oh man, God, that should be a whole uh, interview right there. Just what happened with Big Tree Comics? Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, next, next time we have a a, a, a whole uh, a guest cancel on us, we'll we'll do that. There you go. Yeah, I like that. Interview yeah. each other. Okay. That's it. Okay, so is it time for quick takes? Can we yeah, do that now? Sounds good. Let me ask right. you. Meow, meow, meow. So, uh, Mr. Dan Bethel, yeah, we have uh, a segment that we do, and thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, Love we it. appreciate we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to to listen to us ramble on about indie comics or, or self published comics. Now that we're there, we go. Yeah. Um, and um, what we do is a little section called. Danny's quick takes right. and I'm going to ask you five questions and Kyron is going to play a 45 second sound clip okay. and you uh you have to answer the question as quickly as possible okay. just straight off the top of your head okay sounds good so I went through your um I went through your Facebook I love to go through people's Facebook pictures to see just okay we're gonna change this segment to Danny stalking through Facebook <laughs> hey they're public pictures okay they're public pictures um and, and um you know the first thing that that struck me is um i saw a picture from way back when um when you were i think you were all you and a group were cosplayed as you know western characters you you got uh-huh. together and uh you had the the rifle and uh the uh you know the saloon uh lady who looked like she worked in the saloon right. and um you know i love the themes of the western as we talked about i love westerns um, so my first question was, what is your favorite Western TV show and what is your favorite Western film? Okay. Western film. <laughs> um, <laughs> intense. Uh, Western film would probably have to be, oh goodness, Unforgiven. It, it seems like an easy answer, but it's, it's such a good inversion of, of the t- traditional Western you know, s- tropes and cliches. And it's awesome. Um, favorite Western show? The only one I can think of is Briscoe County Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not upset with that answer at I'll all. Take it. I'll take it, yeah. Lonesome Dove is really good. I was surprised by how good that was. But it was a miniseries. I'll say Briscoe County Jr. You know what? That show doesn't get enough uh, representation. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Boom. We'll go with that. That's a that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Uh, we talked the only Western now. show you could think of, huh? Yeah, right, dude. <laughs> Call me in at seven in the morning. Expect me to think of all the Western shows I've seen. <laughs> yeah, about me. Yeah. I have to do all this at seven in the morning every other weekend. All right. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> well, it's it's <laughs> ten o'clock here, so I'm happy. There we go. <laughs> um, um, we talked earlier. My favorite <clears throat> uh, Western is The Rifleman. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch it all the time. Just you know, putting it on in the background. If I'm not watching. Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. I probably have that on in the background. Right. And uh, I, I, I absolutely love it. All right. So your second question. I, while scrolling through your, not stalking, while scrolling through your Facebook, 
I noticed that you have a you have a lot of great pictures of nature. Yeah. Um, so what is it to you um, about nature that that um, attracts you and what fuels you about being out in nature? There we go. Um, well, there's the there's the there's two answers here. One is that my wife loves hiking. <laughs> and so and so we, we do that. Uh, but I've grown to appreciate it. Uh, even though it's something I wouldn't do on my own necessarily, but there's something about, especially when you get to a place where it's just wide open space and there's nobody else around. We can, one, you can think about things, but also just keep walking forward and, and, and not have to worry about emails about, about, you know, uh, appointments or anything like that. And just kind of look around, be alone, sweat. And when you're done, go home and have a drink. <laughs> right. It's just uh it's something about the sort of refreshing and about it. You never have to worry about your Zoom crashing while you're right. out in nature. No, yeah. <laughs> Although Kyron would be out walking in the middle of nowhere, like you know what, we should record a co- record a podcast right now. Get this done. <laughs> There's do no this. toilet around here, dang it. <laughs> nature, hey, in your nature, everywhere is the toilet. Everywhere is the toilet. Oh man. Okay, so your third question, and mm-hmm. you have to answer it. You cannot say neither. You cannot say both. Okay. okay? So Uh-oh. I've seen a lot of pictures of animals yeah. on your timeline, uh-huh. cats and dogs. Yeah. So I, I think I know the answer because of what we talked about earlier, but yeah. uh, cats or dogs and why? This is the hardest one so far. <laughs> um, I was raised a cat person. They are easier to deal with. But there's no denying the adoration of a dog. I think I might have become a dog person, even though puppies are jerks. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. They're the worst. They're absolute worst. Um, my children have forced me to get two dogs, and we have two puppies. <laughs> yeah. And they are very stubborn. They're yeah. uh, sisters, and they are very stubborn dogs. But I love them a lot already. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I wonder. I wonder what Kyron's answer would be: cats or dogs? Oh, uh, dogs, I, easily. I know that, yeah. Easily. Easily dogs. I, hate, I hate cats. I hate cats. <laughs> well, you're like deathly allergic to them. When you came well, over yeah. that one time, I had to like sanitize my my house like it was a like it was a detox zone, like we're coming out of a nuclear. <laughs> you know, it sucks because uh, growing up, one of my best friends, he had like four cats in his house. Mm-hmm. So every time I'd mm-hmm. go to his house, I had to take like a bunch of allergy medicine before, during, and after I left his house. And I was like just allergic to everything. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know you could be this i mean it makes sense but i didn't know that you could not you could be allergic to one and not the other yeah uh, that it makes sense thinking about it but i never just never thought about it i'm allergic to fish but not other forms of sea life like shellfish and octopus i can eat all that but fish i'm definitely allergic to also yeah me too um okay question four okay. um there is only one answer there's only one correct answer to this oh, question. God. Okay. <laughs> um, and everybody that I've talked to, besides a couple of people, have gotten it wrong. Yeah. So, oh, what God, is... I think I know the question already. <laughs> I might too. Yeah. You, what is the best Batman film? Oh. Uh, uh, question I thought. No, me animated, animated. I was, I was ready to say action. the answer was Ace Blade, but. Uh... No. <laughs> the best Batman film? Yes. Oh man, I'm gonna say the wrong one. Personally, I can't. I can't go wrong with Batman '89. 
the Michael Keaton one. Okay. Um, that's prop. That's like that was my age group, and that was like where that was my Batman. I could say Dark Knight. I could say Batman Begins. I could say stuff like that. But no, I got when it comes down to it. If you present all those with me and say you have to watch one right now, Batman '89. Okay. Is that the wrong answer? It. That is the wrong answer. Um, what is it? The, the correct answer is Mask of the Phantasm. Ooh, but, ooh that's a good one. Yes, that's but, a good one. Yes. You know, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. That is the best most, Batman movie. Most of those Batman films are are good for one reason or another. So mm-hmm. there's not technically a wrong answer. No, that okay. that movie's perfect. Like literally. <clears throat> yes, it's, it's it's a perfect film, and I, yeah. and I love it. You're right um, for the George Clooney Batman, right? We're not counting that at all. Right? Oh, I love Bat Nipples too. Bat Nipples <clears throat> are great. Um, so you like cyber stalking and you like bat nipples? Okay, we're learning a lot about you. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my that's my jam. Um, so before his bat nipples while he cyber stalks. That's no, they, I got to keep them separate. Keep them separate. <laughs> keep yeah. them separate. That's, too that's exciting. Great. <laughs> um, so before I before I ask you this last question, uh-huh. I see I saw you have pictures holding guitar, a guitar, but do you play guitar? Who can I answer that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, I do. You do play. Okay. Yeah. So music or comics Ooh. and why? Comics, even though it's harder, I don't like doing that as much as I like making music. I'm better at comics than I am at making music. It's, mm. it's a hard fact. So, you know, there's whatever you're good at, you always think you're you know it's it's always hard and so you always like doing the other thing better but i'm yeah i'd have to choose comics because um i think it's more gets more of me out into the world than mm-hmm. any music i make so comics final answer i love it i love it um i, I i'm a percussionist myself i can Ooh. i play uh set drums nice. and um I love it, but at the same time, I feel the same way that you do. Comics mm-hmm. helps me develop more, um, and I have to do more research. Like music, just comes more naturally to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can I can pick up an instrument and and learn it, but um, you know, I have to actually research for comics, and it and right. it helps me develop as a as a father and as a human being more. So right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think I think the same way. Like music is more just about getting it's like an immediate reaction, just getting it out. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas comics, there's something that about growth. Not that I can't grow through making music. I can't learn stuff. But like, yeah, the effort that goes into comics, making comics is is in a sense probably and it's well, it's, it's a different kind of reward. But I think one mm-hmm. better for me in the long run. Sure, I totally see that. I love it. Thank you. That was uh, our. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, I got take. one quick take. I got a quick Uh-oh. take. Oh, here we go. Oh, and I've been saying oh, no. this one. I know what this is about. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! I don't know. So. Um, one of the things that you've also done, you do a lot of sketches on your oh, Sketch yeah, Friday. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and one of the sketches you did, I think it was last year. It might have been 2019. Um, uh-huh. But you did a sketch of two amazing leaders, Leonardo uh-huh. and Cyclops. Yeah. yeah, We had the two of them side by side. Yeah. If you had to choose mm. one to lead your team, which would it be and why? Oh, man. Ooh. <laughs> they're both great leaders Leonardo yeah. and Cyclops Leonardo sucks but okay wow wow I would choose Cyclops um he has more he has more experience he has uh uh probably better skills having not you know living he doesn't have to live in a sewer um 
and he has more training honestly i think he's better thinking on his feet uh and dealing with a bigger team but honestly if we're going to choose the best leader no no don't be adding the extra thing in here it was cyclops or cyclops 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 who would you add if you fit storm she's the best leader of the x-men that's the answer that's hey respect i respect that (laughs) she is the best x-man honestly just all around boom uh but but uh but leonardo's the best turtle moments fact storm i think storm deserved her own film series like i think yeah can we bring back Halle berry huh oh no actually here's Um, a here's a collab i did with uh with someone that's on the, uh, the stream right now. Remember this, Karen? Yeah, I remember that. Boom. I inked that, I, baby. You did. You did. So right. uh, th- so this is for you, Danny. Uh, your favorite two fairy characters coming right at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Cyclops is, I think they both, I mean, I think both Leonardo and Leon, uh, and Cyclops, um, I don't think they've been done well on right. screen and on TV is what it is. I think in the comics there, they shine greatly <laughs> in the comics. Yeah. But um, I think film and TV have have done those two characters specifically wrong as leaders. I think they, but the comical versions of both of them are great. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. You guys did a poll on the who the best turtle was, right? And yeah. it was, who was who ended up being the bottom of the list? Michelangelo. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, when they're when they're filming the first X Men movie back in the nineties, I wanted um, um, Al Chandler. To play, so oh, sure, sure. He's yeah. from a early edition, and he did um, Friday Night Lights. Right. Um, oh, okay. I know you're talking about. I thought he would have been a great Cyclops. Yeah, he had that look of a, a stern leader. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just gets cast to play dad in every movie. <laughs> I mean, Cyclops has a little bit of a dad in him. Oh, totally, he, totally. He wants totally. to take care of everybody. Right. Um, so I don't know. We can see Cyclops before they board in the X jet. He's like, Rogue, did you bring your jacket? Yeah. <laughs> Logan, are you going to wear those shoes? Those shoes? All right. Yeah. It's cold <laughs> Don't let me turn this plane around. Yeah, right. totally. Dad energy coming off of Cyclops. Right, that, was sure. good, that was a good quick takes. That was a good quick Thank takes. Thank you. And now a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. All right, so let's get back into something um, <laughs> that we haven't addressed, actually, is okay. your animation background. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and that, if you look at your style, like I mentioned earlier, your animation or your style has a lot of animation look to it. Um, right. You could definitely say it could translate directly to screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, honestly, I'd love for it to be like a, a live action series or mm-hmm. something in the right. future. Um, but what made you get into animation initially? I hate drawing backgrounds. Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, <clears throat> oh, I need to get an animation then because I hate drawing background. Right. And so because of that, I, I like it in art classes and stuff. I never really took to doing still lives or or, you know, like scene drawings. I always like drawing figures and, and specifically figures doing motion, action, movement. I liked the, the problem solving of like, how can, what does a torso look from this angle? What happens when you twist a torso? this way and the hips the other way and, and figuring out that sort of spatial realization. And um, then I learned that that's what animation is. That's all you do. That's all you do. And so I went to a community college after high school and they had an animation program. And so I took 
uh, some of those classes and got an internship with a video game company that was starting up at the time and eventually never released anything. So uh, good for them. Um, but it was actually then when I realized that animation wasn't my, my, I was too slow, big shock. I'm slow with everything when it comes to making art. Um, but they, they moved me off of animation to character design and storyboards, which I'm like, ah, oh, this fits. And it was a natural jump from storyboards to, to making comics. So yeah, my animation background isn't in necessarily animation proper. I'm actually drawing cells uh, or frames, but um, a lot of the, 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 the theory behind animation definitely translates to the choices I make on the page. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah I remember on uh, just a couple months ago, you actually released an animation that you did of Long John. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, do you plan on doing more things like that to get more views and bring, because <laughs> animation definitely is something that attracts people as they're scrolling through Instagram or, or Facebook, mm -hmm. that, that, that movement stops people. Whereas a still photo, yeah. unless that still photo is very vibrant and very eye-catching, right. a lot of times people just keep scrolling over that. So do you think you're going to bring in more animation to what you're doing to attract an audience? Probably not. Animation's hard. There's a reason why oh. I, <laughs> I didn't keep pursuing it, <clears throat> but um, I, I did that just as just to see if I still had any of those skills, and um, it was fun. And if I do anything, I might just keep adding on to that thing. But actually, sitting down and trying to produce a finished animation, even if it's short, I don't know if I have the the attention span to do that. <clears throat> It'd be too too hard, and I should be making comics anyway. But um, it'd be cool to like. To work with an, like an actual animator and see what they could do but that's every comic creator's dream right it's like wouldn't be cool to see this made into an animation even if it's short but i mean you actually did that karen with your, that cool like sort of overview of all the characters of your your universe i did and it was cool um just seeing the movement and seeing everything that i envisioned now sort of coming to life was yeah. amazing um it costs a lot uh, <laughs> yeah, but it, it did drive me to really want to pursue something of that nature. I mean, I'm I, I grew up in the '80s and '90s where Saturday mornings were reserved for cartoons yeah. and cartoons only. You know, get your bowl of cereal, sit in front of the TV for three, four hours straight, and then once you're done that, go play with your your friends. And I it sparked something that I I want to someday be able to just say hey, let's turn Netflix on and watch my cartoon. Mm -hmm. You know, let's turn on YouTube and watch the newest episode that I dropped there. I don't know. But um, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of us as comic book creators or comicers, we all want something of that nature, either animation or live action right. or a movie or some sort. Um, I know there are people out there who say, no, I'm just strictly comic books and comics only. But I'm like, that's mm -hmm. BS. Right. We, we all we want to see what our dreams really are. Like right. comics are great but they're not movement. And we right. wanna see those things come to life because these are what we've been envisioning for years. And we wanna be able to see that at least once. Yeah. Well, I think it ties to also the, the internal editor, right? Like, like, like we were talking about, what ends up on the page is like, we, we, it's always better in our heads. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> honestly, if someone else does the work and makes it, it makes it happen, it always, it's, it'd be better than if we tried to do it on our own. So like, I'd love to see it maybe animated or whatever, but like, I'm not, I don't want to do it. <laughs> That's, but right. someone with actual interest and skill in doing that would be better. But yeah, just seeing also, yeah, it come alive. Cause that's how we, you know, I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea of like, I'm, I'm just 
I see the movie in my head and I write it down and draw it. I don't, I don't think that way, but there is more, you know, when you're, when I'm composing a panel or a page, you do only have to choose one moment, right. Out of the infinite variety of, of poses and shots you can put into, into a panel. And like those other moments do exist in my head and in every artist's head, every writer's head. And it'd be cool to kind of see all of those options available as it's actually people moving on screen. What makes you continue to make comics then? Because it's it's to, I don't want to say create an empire, um, but I want to be, I want my characters to be out there and to be known. Um, Is that a goal for you or is that something that you're just not caring about as far as comics? Because you're you're a full-time teacher. So this is your side hustle. (laughs) <laughs> right. Um, I make comics because, and probably I make comics for the same reasons I teach. It's that, and we were talking about this, like, I'm an introvert. Um, I I like being by myself, but I also uh, want to feel like I'm contributing to the world around me. And I'm not so, I'm not as interested, I'm, and there's plenty of other people doing this, I'm not interested in creating like a, my own publishing imprint or universe of characters. I'm just telling these small stories with the hope that at least one person goes like, oh, this is, this is something that I'm into. This is something that I connect with. This idea is something that is put into, into a form that, that I can resonate with and, and use as an example to show other people of how I feel or how I think especially as a kid who grew up in, in kind of, especially where I grew up on the central coast uh, of California, which is kind of, you know, uh, not super diverse, not very, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 I grew up in a place called San Luis Obispo, middle point between San Francisco and, and LA. And um, basically it's where all the, the people with money moved out of San Francisco and LA, <laughs> they moved to San Luis. And, um, it was uh, as a kid in that kind of environment where, you know, we didn't go, it was a family that didn't go to church. Was, I was an only child from a divorced home where everybody else was the opposite. I felt like really separate from a lot of that community. And now, even though I'm far away from that, I, I'm always still trying to connect and go like, yeah, I'm weird, but like we share a lot. Yeah, And, you know, like I said, teaching does that obviously very directly, but comics, you know, being a, a personal creative expression um, is probably ultimately can be more rewarding if, if you find someone that just connects, connects to you through this, uh, this, through this thing that you made. So that's why I did. I think what uh, a lot of what you just said is very important. I think um, every creative medium mm-hmm. um can be boiled down to three things, especially like comics, um, community, what you talked about, mm-hmm. um, communication, because we all want to speak to other people, and then connections, those, uh, we want to feel connected to other people. Right. And comics are a niche way of, of doing that. But I think I'm, I grew up in North Carolina, you, you guys are from Sacramento, even though we're on, you know, opposites. Um, parts of the country we connect through these stories right and um and i and i just love that comics are able to do that um you know movies do it you know people you know who love the same movies you know they they experience that but comics right. does it for you know people who grew up like us and um and i love that yeah 
And to specifically answer your question, Karen, why make comics specifically? Why not do prose? Why not do animation? Why not do music? I just think I've learned that comicking is just the skill I, I have most developed to tell those types of stories rather than doing something else. And if I did something else, it'd feel like starting from scratch, right? Danny has a YouTube channel where he actually posts a lot of the sketches that he does. Um, one of the things that he actually posted a, a couple of years ago was a video from him at Ape, which is the Alternative <laughs> Press Expo. Yeah. Uh, but this was a couple of years ago where they moved from San Francisco to San Jose. Right. Um, one of the things I thought was really cool was during that, that whole video you did, you talked about how this new venue was set up in this tent in San Jose, and mm. it was really cool. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I was watching the video. And then I realized I've been at that tent before. <laughs> and I was like, when have I been at that tent? And then it hit me. It was a few years before that. My wife and I went down to San Jose for a comic convention. Mm-hmm. And it was at that tent. Yeah. And the reason why we went down there is because Jim Lee was there. Ah. And that's, that's where I met Jim Lee. Nice. And that's where I had him sign my uh, X-Men number one mm-hmm. and my Wildcast number one. Nice. Um, but it was a cool experience because I didn't bring my portfolios. Huh? Do you still have those? Hell yeah. <laughs> I have those. I have Spawn number one and Spire number one signed by McFarlane. I have Youngblood and X-Horse signed by Rob Liefeld. Yeah, I, I have the Mick Foley book. I have Mick Foley signed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have Infinity Gauntlet series signed by Ron Lim. I have a bunch of stuff signed by people. You said that wrong. Infinity Gauntlet signed by my best friend Ron Lim, right? My That's, best friend Ron there Lim. There we go. Yes. There you go. That's uh, but, you know, I thought it was really cool that, that you actually went to that location and just brought back memories. Yeah, um, nice. You know, Danny, you have to go? Yeah, I got to get out of here. Um, right. um, I wish I could stay longer and talk. This has been a great conversation. It has been, um, yeah. I got to get out of here, though. Um, I appreciate y'all, um, Dan, for hosting the show now. <laughs> she taking over for Kyron. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm definitely going to read your books. I did order them. Oh, nice. this, Thank you. this show is starting to become like, hey, let's bring somebody on and then I can buy all their stuff. And uh, I like <laughs> I, that. I'm, I sent you the webcomic league. You didn't have to buy it. So you're you're just yeah. help now to buy it. No, he does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I could have I could have read it all online, but you know, I like physical stuff. Um, so um, man, it was so nice to meet you. Yeah, you um, too. Man. Are y'all gonna stay on? Y'all gonna stay on a little longer? I think so. Yeah. I, mean, I got nothing else right. to do. <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. Um, I'll see you next week. Yeah, all right, man. Thanks, next man. week. We're, we're recording next week? The week after next. Right. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Later. Later, man. Um, so, yeah, um, going back to Jim Lee, the, mm-hmm. I didn't bring my portfolio. The guy ahead of me was uh, confident enough to bring his portfolio. Yeah. And uh, he showed it to Jim, and Jim was like, this is not bad. And he's nice. like, but this is what I would do. And he got a, a, a black marker, a black like Sharpie <laughs> marker. And he started drawing on this guy's portfolio page, Ooh. like directly on the page. And he said, I would do this angle. You have a helicopter here. I would draw this helicopter like this. Yeah. And I was like, flabbergasted at that point. I was like, as a creator, yeah. I'm showing my portfolio. 
I'd be pissed off if somebody drew on that. But at the same time, this is Jim Lee. <laughs> you know, you know, all of a sudden, you know? the page became valuable. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, do you get mad at that? Or I don't know. do you get happy that you have a Jim Lee drawing? I mean, it's a sketch of a helicopter and some lines, but... right. I would, I would, I would end up by going like, "Hey, could could you sign this, Jim?" Oh, he did. He signed <laughs> oh, it. Oh, good. <laughs> he signed it, but I was like, "Huh, okay. that's awesome." Yeah, that'd be weird, man. But I mean, if it's good advice, it's good advice. And hopefully, he went and made a, assuming it's a he, went and made yeah, a better page, right? That yeah. person was Brett Booth. <laughs> uh, so okay, so the reason I brought all that up because, um, have you ever taking taking your work and shown it to editors or anybody to have a critique? someone that's actually in the business and not just uh no no i haven't um because of crippling self-doubt i know Uh, all about that (laughs) yes and so uh luckily i as as every artist is i beat myself up pretty pretty badly but um uh no I, i haven't and i think mostly it comes down to at this point i'm not i don't necessarily do it although if i did try to submit something to a publisher, I might have to submit to the the notes of an editor, which is probably fine. They're, they're, they're trying to make a book get published and, and conform to whatever kind of output that that publisher wants to make. But um, I don't want to go to an artist just for, you know, art critique, because going back to what we're talking about here with, or what you mentioned at the beginning of being called a comicer, like I'm not separating art from writing. It's It's all one thing. And so I'm not going to go to an artist necessarily and say, hey, fix my art, because what if that changes, you know, the kind of story I'm trying to tell? And maybe that's me making excuses. I don't know. Uh, Probably. (laughs) But I haven't done it. And um, I think being a self-publisher, I I will let the audience and market decide whether I'm doing something right or well or not. Right. Okay. Plus, I think a lot of just art, and, and especially when it comes to comic art, comes mostly from just doing it as as often as possible, and you get better over time. Yeah, you definitely get that. I mean, the more you're doing it, anything, the more you do it, the better you're going to be. But especially with art and writing, yeah. if you're not doing it every day, at at least every week, you're not gonna you're not gonna grow. Right. Um, and you're you know that's good advice, man. Well, it, yeah. Yes, then let me ask since it's just you and I now, because Danny has other things he had to go do. When the heck is Geck Force coming out? Good question, man. <clears throat> I, I, the publisher I've been working with is, is, is dropping the ball all the time. He's okay. too busy working on more successful comics like, I don't know what's called, Zob. Fucking ass, dude. No, I mean... Well, I would like to actually, okay, we can get this on record. What I'd like to do, because I wrote like an outline for like four issues, hundred years God ago. damn, right? dude, four issues? Yeah, I sent that to you, remember? Um, okay, you're right, you're right. And I, I only uh, remember it being like an issue or two. That was, I think it was four, three or four, one of the two. Okay. But I think what I do, just to, so we can say that there's there exists something called Geck Force, is to do like a mini comic, like just try to do like 12 pages, right? And um, then we can say it exists and put that out. Maybe put some sketches in the back. Nice little collab kind of thing. Okay. I don't know. I guess uh, it, um, for anybody that's actually listening to this, if you don't know what Geck Force is, which nobody knows outside of <laughs> that's myself true, that's true. And, and Chris Cinder, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, GecForce was a collaboration that we did at the first event. Was it that the first? Was that the first free comic book day we, we did? Okay. The first free met, comic book yeah. day, uh, Dan and I met each other. Mm-hmm. We were sitting side by side and we were bored and we just said, let's just create a random character here, right here at the event. Yeah. And I don't know how it turned into Gecko super powered individuals, yeah. but we said we're all going to make a Gecko related super superhero. Right. And that ended up becoming Gek Force, a yeah. team not unlike Ninja Turtles, where they're <laughs> anamorphic geckos yeah. who go around saving the world. And uh, that has been on the back burner between the two of us, Dan and I, for six years now. Um, I created G Shot. <laughs> yep. Uh, Dan I was, had. I was Teko. That's right. Teko, right. oh, yeah. the gecko, you called yeah. it. And there was, it was cool. And we, we had Dan created outline. We have other characters. Um, but I want to, this was, an, was going to be an all ages book, if I'm not mistaken, right? We weren't going to go too hard. I don't know if we just, I don't even know if we discussed it that far. The outline, I, I think I, in my I, mind, it was all yeah. ages because it's a gecko. <laughs> the outline I sent was basically me trying to create a image launch title. Yes. Right? Trying to fit in with that, with that, with that, with that crowd. Although Image doesn't do really superhero stuff anymore anyway, so. Oh, that's, yeah. Oh, just, it was my inspiration, yeah. More than anything okay. else. All right. All right. So that's that's what I've been thinking about when it comes to Gek Force. I'd like to do like maybe a mini comic just so we can finally say it's We done. did it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did we go over what books you read to this week? No. Okay. I didn't read any on the toilet though, so I don't know if. Well, what book did you read today or this week? Today, um, at six o'clock in the morning, what did you read? So the only books I've been reading, um, I've been reading a book book um, about it's It's it's, a book without (laughs) images drawn by somebody, but it's a book about comics. So it's a book called I think it's called Akira Reimagining the Medium or something like that. It's put up by a, co- a publisher called Third Editions out of France. And so it's trans it's translated criticism. It's French critic it's a French book doing a critical analysis of the manga Akira by uh, Otomo, right? And um that's it's a really classic cool. don't don't no don't touch it. <laughs> no 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 it's just it's just doing exa- examining themes and examining sort oh. of the history of it and where it came from it's just you know academic criticism okay um, okay sorry you wrote it's not, it's not, a, it's, like, not a, mm. it's not a review no um but other than that actually the the only other book i've been reading this week uh i dug out of my long boxes the issues 10 through 13 of a volume one of wild cats oh, oh. because that that those comics are where jim lee and chris claremont hooked up again Yes. And uh, introduced the Claremont character, the Huntsman, I think his name. I don't, Ooh. I've read two, three issues of it. I don't know if I understand what's going on, but I don't know if it ever made sense, right? It's, it's 90s, it's 90s yeah. work. It, you know, you don't, it doesn't really make sense as long as it had yeah. a lot of action, uh, explosions, a lot of gear. Yeah. That's all it really needed for 90s right. work. And it's been fun though. It's been, uh, you know, it, Basically, I, I dug it out to see kind of modern, I want to say more modern Chris Claremont, even though it's almost 30 years ago. But um, Have you done anything recently? Oh, he's wait, done no, one he wrote, shots for Marvel. 
Yeah, he did. He did a, a X Men Legends story, didn't he? Or am I thinking about Fabian? That was that was Nicieza, yeah. And now it's the Simonsons. Um, but and he did like a, he did a New Mutants one shot um, a couple of years ago. At this point, that was actually pretty good. But I, I'm like, some of it. Oh, and he also did a the God Loves Man X Men God Loves Man Kills like director's cut where the, there are some new pages put onto the beginning and event and then. And end of it. I have that one actually with a uh, Brent Anderson did their work on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did but, not but like I, that because felt, the yeah. colors they got did not do well with his artwork. And, and Anderson's style has changed over the years, and Claremont's style has changed over the years. I didn't really like his writing on it, and so I'm like, has he always been sort of, you know, where was he in the mid '90s? And so I dug out those books, and, and they're fine. You know, it okay. reads like a modern comic at the time, um, but yeah, and it's just cool revisiting that old art, you know, and. Um, Man, Jim Lee was on fire back then. Yeah. So there isn't too many. There isn't too many times where Jim Lee isn't on fire. Honestly, right. <laughs> been a, I don't know. Point to all his uh, DC stuff. <clears throat> uh, I mean, there's Divine Right was a miss. <laughs> um, but that was more story than art. What you're telling me? I mean, art was okay. It, it, it was definitely Jim Lee, but it, I just feel like he was. I don't. I don't think he really knew what he wanted to do with that uh. book. The only other thing I've been reading is I've started the I've done a read through a reread through of Sweet Tooth because of the recent Netflix series, and so okay. I just started the uh, the last volume of that. So I'm excited to wrap that up. I still have to get through issue or episode two of that. I still have not come back to it, and I really should. You I've should. been on uh, I don't know. Uh, I've been trying to clear out my DVR stuff because it Fair got. Enough. It got to almost 100% full of recordings. So I was like, okay, I'd better start watching some of this crap. <laughs> so now I'm going back and watching all of those DC shows that ah, are on the CW. There we go. And I'm like, oh, huh. They did that to that character. <laughs> wow. They did that to Ruby Rose, huh? Okay, that's yeah. what they did. All right. Yeah, didn't they, well, that's off topic, but yeah. <laughs> they, uh, didn't they, they got a new actress to play the same character, right? No, it's no? it's still it's a they got a new actress to play. Well, there's the new actress to play the to play the main character. Uh, yes, but it's a yeah. different character. Right, it's just yeah. right, right. But, but think, they did this character yeah. wrong because at least I haven't watched the entire season yet. I'm like halfway. Oh, through. Okay, I'm but the entire so portion I've been watching, they're still referencing the Ruby Rose Batwoman. Right, like they're like we still have to go find Kate. We have to mm-hmm. search. Kate, we have to find Kate. I'm like, wow, that's so much disrespect to this woman that you just brought on that the entire yeah. season is about still finding the re- actress she just replaced. Right. I think I read something that they actually bring Kate back, but oh, it's a well, different th- actress. Well, thank you for spoiling that for me. Damn it. <laughs> well, I just want to make clear that I knew they made, they, they brought in a new character. I'm not, I'm not that ignorant, even though I don't watch the show. <laughs> you haven't gotten to that part yet. So thanks. Sorry. No problem. All right. I heard the show well, likes spoilers. I think this show asks specifically creators for spoilers. So about their their work, not uh, what I'm watching. All right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be a good time for us to end the episode at this point. <laughs> now that I hurt feelings and spoil yeah, TV. Spoiling my half-ass well, DC TV show. I'm, Although I do enjoy uh, Lois and Clark or Superman nice. and Lois, whatever. Heard good things about it. it. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to leave a scorched earth behind me whenever I come into yeah. contact. So there we go. Just bridges burned. Thank all you. That fun stuff. I will no never problem. contact you again after this. So <laughs> finally. <No. laughs> all right. Well, since this is it, where can we find your work at? You find uh, 
you can find me at longjohncomic.com mm-hmm. and you can find me on social media uh i think the most active social media is on instagram find me at dbethel comics and you can find there's a long john page facebook.com slash long john comic but all those links are at the website longjohncomic.com nice 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 and where can when can we anticipate the newest book coming out probably next summer so i'm halfway i'm about halfway through drawing issue five or chapter five and uh, plan to have that drawn by the end of the summer and then once school starts up i'll be spending those um months coloring and lettering and getting books printed all that fun stuff well i will be getting was that volume five book five mm-hmm. i'll be getting it i have my money saved um yeah. it's my allowance that my wife gives me <laughs> <laughs> um i guess i should do the stuff for danny um so danny where can we find your work well you can find me at fourthwallpros.com uh, you can find me on TikTok or Twitter, Instagram, the Ace Blade at the Ace Blade at all accounts. Uh, but what about you, Kyron? Where can you find your stuff? Okay, well, you can find my comics at TaurusComics.com. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, also at Taurus Comics. I am on TikTok. Unlike Danny, I don't have 60,000 followers on TikTok. Wow. Uh, but I do love my 4,000 followers I do have. Uh, you can find me at Kyron49, K-Y-R-U-N-49. Um, again, you can, if you haven't already, please go to our website, foretellspodcast.com. That's the number four, T-A-L-E-S, podcast.com. And catch up on all our past episodes. Um, we do thank everybody who has gone on to Apple iTunes and Spotify and all the podcasting platforms for all your reviews. Uh, we have noticed uptake in those reviews. So, I mean, if you're a bad review, that's fine. I mean, we'll try to make it better for you, but thank you for anybody that's put down the five stars. Uh, those reviews and ratings definitely help. And they mean a lot for us as podcasters to getting our work out to everybody in the world. And as my friend here, Dan says on his podcast, through the magic of algorithms. Algorithms. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess I should say also, you can find my podcast at forallintents.net. It's called a podcast for all intents and purposes. You might said you can plug your podcast on my podcast. What is going on here? Unsubscribe from this podcast. Subscribe to my podcast. No, uh, uh, please do. Uh, and I know we didn't get a chance to really talk about your podcast, um, especially Con Artists, which you and I both host. Um, but do listen to his podcast if you're into the geeky culture things on a critical view. Mm-hmm. of the geeky culture definitely listen to dan and andrew they have a great podcast i listen to every week um but come back next week or uh, next week i do what danny did come back two <laughs> weeks from now where we're going to have specs thompson writer of legacy for the view we'll talk about his book uh but until then we want to thank you for listening to this podcast uh sorry now goodbye and please take care of yourselves music provided by my brother quicks made it Find them online in YouTube, Instagram, and SoundCloud. I want to know what it is Quick is trying to say.